Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. Anthony the Bull Caruso back with you and we continue our preview of winter 2021 under the incredibly happy news that we are fast returning to some semblance of normality with further COVID-19 restrictions being lifted. This week we are going to preview the NPL New South Wales Women's Competition, a competition that has effectively become the feeder competition to the W League competition. Tonight we have two of the most exciting minds in women's football here in New South Wales. First off, our resident referee... The pocket rocket herself, Zoe Benjamin. Good evening to you. Good evening, Anthony. Always good to be back. Been a been a while, as it usually is. I swear I say that every time I come on. But yeah, excited as always to get into it. And excited as well because you've got your allocations of games uh, this week, and you've uh, no doubt drawn the short straw of refereeing on a Sunday afternoon on Easter. Yeah, at your favourite, at your at your hunting ground. I'm out at Chroma this weekend for for a bit of fun with um, the Manly girls on Resies and Firsts. Uh, but you know, it's it's exciting stuff. Round one this weekend, Easter or not, it's going to be great. Um, and I'm sure the the girls are as eager as I am to to get out there. Well, joining us tonight, she's a mainstay of our friends at the Northern Tigers in association, and of course, with the Northern Suburbs Football Association. She's played a critical role in a number in a number of seasons with the squad, in particular a couple of years ago, their massive run to the finals from the Northern Tigers. Maddie Bart, good evening to you. Hey Anthony, how are you going? Very good, very good. Excited to be making your debut with us on Triple H Sports. Uh, how does it feel to be uh, behind the microphone as opposed to your your previous roles in the media. Um, it's good. Nice to mix it up a bit. So excited to get started. Now, it's going to be another big competition this year, Zoe. Twelve teams will be entering. But early on in this show, we're going to be talking about some of the changes that are going to be coming up in a couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw that Football New South Wales made their announcement for, for structural changes to the competition for next year and, and beyond. Um the, the biggest one to note is a, is a massive change to the women's NPL2 competition um, and playing reserve grade, um, highly affected by some of these changes. Obviously, switching to an under-18s instead of an under-17s as well um, and introducing your under-16s competition additionally as well. So some massive changes there. But obviously, again, the biggest one to note, reserve grade. In women's MPL 2, no more. Well, that's just one of many changes to come. So with that in mind, the referees are out in the middle, ready to blow the whistle, and it's game on here. This is Splinters. Let's kick off with the uh, the changes in full. Now, Zoe, you did mention at the top of the show the changes to NPL Women's 2. We'll come to that in detail in a moment. But in NPL Women's 1, in 2022, they haven't announced that there's going to be an increase in teams, and that will have a ramification on what happens to the competition 
this year. Yeah, absolutely. So increasing from 12 to 14 means that it, it really changes their relegation system. In MPO 1, they're, they're keeping their first grade and reserve grade as usual. But as we spoke about, um, the introduction of an under-18s as opposed to the under-17s, it will be will be an interesting development to have some of those girls that possibly are already playing reserve grade, possibly even playing an extra year and in that under 18s comps, or the girls that might have gone from under 17s into reserves grade this year, playing an extra an extra year. Um, but the other thing, of course, it means is that you've got two clubs that are going to come up from our women's MPL two into our women's NPL one competition. So Maddie, having come through the ranks in, in NPL, this is obviously going to be the first time that we've seen the women's fully align their divisions with what happens with the men, which is a great uh, achievement for the women's game as a whole. But they, they've done this in mind, I believe, due to the fact that we see a number of the girls, once they hit that under 17, drop out altogether. How do you think this pathway change will help to transition girls from those age competitions into the open age competition? Um, I think it's good because it kind of gives you an extra couple of years to um, develop a bit more and grow as a player. Um, When I was moving from juniors to seniors, it was only under 12s, under 14s, under 16s, and then straight into reserve grade. So, um, And that was a big jump at that time, at that age. So I think it's a good idea for them to extend that a little bit more, just for a little bit more development before you make the leap. Now, the other one I'm going to throw to both of you girls as well is that the development program that's been instigated by the FFA has remained. So matches that occur against the Football New South Wales Institute and the Emerging Jets will remain as permanent fixtures. They will not be relegated and there will be no club championship points um, collected for anyone from those matches. There's been a lot of controversy about this uh, arrangement because it also affects the NPL men's competition. Girls, your thoughts on this announcement? To be honest, I, I don't think that it impacts it as much as as one might think. And I think the the way that they run it is, I think that it's consistent with what they're trying to achieve with that development program. And if, if that's where we want our focus in player development, in using the NPL women's competition as a development for players coming through and wanting to progress to the W League, then I think it works very, very well. I think it keeps it nice and even and consistent as well for that comp. comp- Matty, your Matty, your experience, given that you've played against both of these squads with um, you know, with the players' quality varying in terms of ability. Um, yeah, I think Institute are consistently quite competitive. Um, the Jets, to a lesser extent, I think, which. I completely understand the reasoning behind it, um, that it's about development of that younger age group. But, um, yeah, it can sometimes be a bit frustrating as a player when they, when there's a kind of special set of rules, I guess. But um, I understand the theory, so it makes sense. Let's, let's go to that NPL Women's 2 competition. Zoe, 15 club potentially to be invited. How likely is Football New South Wales to actually fill those 15 clubs out? I think that they will be able to, um, especially because... Now that they no longer have a reserve grade, you'll have a lot of players who still want to be playing an elite level of football who aren't making the first grade squads with the the teams they're in currently and are too old to play in their under-18 squad that will be looking to to shop around and and find a new home unless they want to return to 
to grassroots football, of course, and I I think you'll find a lot of them don't. So I actually don't think that they'll have too too much trouble trying to fill those 15 teams. And to you, Maddie. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that the game's kind of going and developing, so I think there's plenty of players out there. It would be a very long season, though. Indeed. All right, let's go... Um to the the other interesting rules that they've brought in here is that because with no reserve grade as you mentioned Zoe they have allowed for the under 18s to have up to three overaged players with a cap at the age of 23 I think from my mind I think this is quite a clever little rule change yeah I'd said to agree um I think you know the whole idea of scrapping reserve grade in in your women's MPL 2 and, and having your 18s there is it it does provide more of a focus on developing those girls into your first grade team and trying to push them further and further into your MPL 1 and so on and i think what it what it stops um as as rough as, as it may sound is your players who are at a certain age where they may not be progressing anymore, where they're at a level where that where they're going to stay. They're reaching an age now where they're not developing anymore. Um, and then obviously you've got those girls who are in that age bracket a little bit older than your under uh, your your under 18s, but are still progressing. And so I think it gives clubs the opportunity to still give them an opportunity in those grades and an opportunity to continue progressing, although being older than 18. The last thing to mention as well is that, um, is, is, well, two things to mention as well. The, I believe the announcement has been made that club championship points will be made all the way down, so it won't be just first grade and reserve grade. The other big discussion point is the finals. They are retain. It is rumoured that they are retaining a four-team final, um, which really, I think if you take last year as an example, it really does throw the wild card factor of the finals out the window now. Yeah, I suppose it does. I, I, I don't know. I, my, my opinion on this is that a lot of competitions, not just in football, run four team finals. I, I don't mind having it consistent across the board from, from grassroots up. I kind of like it having, um, a few years ago when we had five teams, um, I quite like that system because I think it kind of gave a few more people a chance at kind of having a bit of an underdog run into the grand final. Um, so I kind of prefer a bigger final series, but I mean, if it's four, it is what it is. So we'll have to finish in the top four. Let's, um, we will now come to the teams, obviously just mentioning as well, as we said before, Zoe, the competition, there'll be no relegation this year. So we'll have a quick mention of NPL Women's 2 to see who we think could be the two teams that might actually get promoted into NPL Women's 1. But let's get into the squads. And first up, cab off the rank in alphabetical order, up your Leichhardt. And Zoe, a couple of years ago, they made a big song and dance when they entered NPL 1. They recruited heavily with the pickup of Georgia Yeomandale, Princess Abini, Alexandra Timms, Deborah Ann Delaharp. I could go on with it. And they end up finishing mid-table. Yeah, they did. I mean, they obviously... Like like a lot of teams had had their injuries, um, and good old Alex Timms uh, got a nice nice break with a with a handy red card mid season as well, which I think upset their backline quite a bit. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, even though they were a team very dangerous in attack, there there were times where they were really looking at the depth in their side for fulfilling numbers in their defence. Um, and I think at times, yeah, that was 
unfortunately, their downfall. Maddie, this is a team that really went for star power, but as we often know, it, take, it can take up to six months for a team like this to be able to gel together. And given how short last season was, it just made that, that, that issue even more apparent. Yeah, I think last year was a really disrupted season. Like, he kind of built some momentum in the preseason, and then obviously with COVID, all of that kind of went out the window. And then because it was a, such a short, short season, um, there wasn't much time to build on that. So I think they're definitely a, a really strong team and are probably a lot stronger than um, they ended up on paper last year. But I'm sure they'll be one to watch this year. They they missed out on finals only by a point. Um, do you see them battling to make the um, the top four again or do you think they could be struggling for that cohesion again? Um, no, I think they'll be a front runner this year. I think they'll be one to watch for sure. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, they've had that season under their belt as a team now. Um, and I think, yeah, they keep progressing from there. Let's go to the next team, the Bankstown City Lions, who got promoted a few years ago um, over the top of the Sutherland Shire FA. Bankstown City really threatened two years ago to make a charge for the finals with a very decent attack, but they were scuppered by some very, very poor defence, and it got worse for them during the course of the uh, the last couple of years with the loss of the Fowler sisters who both got snapped up by um, Melbourne City. And not only that, but they then lost um, NPL stalwart Emma Stanbury, who got signed by Canberra United and has moved now permanently moved down to Canberra. Zoe, this is a team that honestly just can't take a trick at the moment. No, they they couldn't buy their luck. Um, and unfortunately for them, there were, there, there were a few occasions where some teams put quite a score on them. So, yeah, hopefully they they get a bit more of a, a run this season, but uh, their defense is still a worry for my mind. And, Maddie, we, we mentioned uh, before the show about um, their big, big name in uh, Panagiotta Petratos, but you, you were mentioning that, you know, when you're a team that's out of form, it can impact your recruitment because no one wants to go there. Yeah, I think it's hard when you're coming out of, coming from MPL2 to MPL1 to make that jump. Um, so it, it is tough in that regard. And then I think, yeah, if results don't go your way, it, it doesn't get much easier. But um, you never know. Like in MPL, anyone can beat anyone on their day. So you never know. They might have a few tricks up their sleeve. Your your tip for them, I, I can't, for me, I can't see them getting anything but the wooden spoon this year. Yourself, Maddie. As long as Tigers don't get the wooden spoon, that's fine. Zoe, are you going to be as brutal as I am about Bankstown? Look, I, you know me. I hate, I hate ripping off a side and and predicting wooden spoon because I, I tend to agree with Maddie that you know on on your day, if your team rocks up and you have a good day, you can beat anyone. So I don't want to 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 count them out just yet, but I I definitely need to see more for them from them in defence to to say otherwise. <laughs> Well, let's go back up. Let's go back up the um, the ladder a little bit to a team that's you know constantly threatened, but to a certain extent, how I think, given the talent that they have and the capital that they've had over the last few years, have really underachieved, and that's the Blacktown Spartans. Zoe, a team that has developed a very rich reputation of developing plays for the Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, absolutely. They they've become quite the feeder club, um, in all honesty, and. Uh, yeah, defensive, defensively, uh, especially compared to Bankstown, who we just just spoke about, they're they're very quite solid defensively. Um, 
And, yeah, always, always a threat. So be interesting to see how they go this season because we know they've got the talent in, in their squad, um, especially in terms of their development of their players coming through and into that into that squad. Definitely helps with their cohesion when, you know, they've been in their system for a long time. Now, Maddie, the... They did have the third best defence of the competition last year. They struggled for goals. And the rumour going around about Ashley Crofts potentially leaving the club could make it that much harder for them this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, scoring goals is always kind of, well, obviously you need to do it in order to win games. Um, but yeah, Blacktown are just consistently a strong side. You always have to turn up to play with them. It's usually really physical. So I'm sure they'll be right up there again this year as well. I see them battling again for the top four. They only just missed out on the finals on goal difference. Uh, and I think, Zoe, they'll be there or thereabouts again. Yeah, basically exactly what I was going to say. Um, I mean, all of us have said it now, that they're always there and thereabouts. So I Maddie, don't see anything changing. Matty, your thoughts? Yeah, I'd say there and thereabouts is pretty much bang on. Let's, <laughs> let's go to the next team, it's the Emerging Jets. It's, it's been a, the competition has been a bit of a struggle for this girl. Uh, they've been in the competition uh, under the development policy from the FFA. From time to time, they've been able to find a couple of players who have actually become quite handy players in their own rights. But, Zoe, it, it has been a challenge, especially given at times how young some of these players are. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're just... I think they're a side where you've really, in terms of expectation on, on where they place, um, and how they go, it's, it's a patience thing because they are young players. They are there to develop their skills, um, and get a taste for what this competition is like at a younger age. So I just think, yeah, being, being patient if you're a Jet supporter and yeah, really thinking about the fact that it's, looking at the future of these these girls and their individual talents as much as, you know, their team. And for yourself, Maddie, being where you are at the moment, the drive up the M1 to Lake Macquarie, you know, not one of the hard, probably you've got the easiest trip of anyone to get up to their, their, their um, home ground, but there have been people who have said that this can be one of the more taxing matches, not maybe in terms of the opposition, but just the logistics to actually get there. Yeah, it's always actually a hard game up in Newcastle. Um, I don't know. I think they that's often where they win, I think, and often surprise people up there. So, um, yeah, it actually is quite a tough one. A couple of players from mine, Zoe, that really actually shone over the last couple of years. Um, Terrera Moana Walker, excuse the pronunciation of that, um, and uh, Tiana Robertson have actually shone quite brightly and uh, a couple of times throughout the course of the summer have actually had goes on the bench for the Newcastle Jets in the W League. So we can see the development is occurring. It's it's a matter of whether they can start to do it on a more consistent basis. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's like anything, and, and you talk about this with all sports where you become – you become that that X factor um, into you know a real real threat when you can consistently put together performances. And right now, I think these players definitely have the X factor. It's just taking you know being patient with them in them developing that consistency and also you know leadership within this side because 
they are that X factor. They do have that experience now at a little bit of a higher level than some of their other girls. So, you know, leading the way in a, in a team, um, you know, a group of young developing players is, is really important for them as well. Predictions for this team. I've got them. I've actually got them finishing probably third or, or second last. I think just avoiding the spoon. Yeah, I, I mean, again, like, you don't want to cast dispersions. You leave that. To, you leave that to me. <laughs> yeah, look, I, yeah, exactly. But I, I just think, yeah, they're they're still getting used to this competition, um, and I think that that's always going to play a factor in where they finish on the table. Maddie, do you see do you see the emerging Jets continuing to improve? We have seen that over the last couple of years, mind you, that they they do keep. Um, improving in terms of their win counts year on year. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a development squad. So um, I think, yeah, they hopefully should continue to grow and get better. And I think it's just all about the experience for them um, of playing against older, older, more experienced players. So I think they probably take a lot out of it, which is the main thing. Let's go to our last team before we go to our break. And it is the Football New South Wales Institute. Uh, working, Zoe, in a similar manner to the Sydney FC Youth Academy, um, they continue to play teams that are underage but show a huge amount of potential. And, of course, this is the squad that has seen the development of such players like Princess Abini, Courtney Vine, and Susan Fongson come in the, um, who have now integrated into NPL women's and into the W League. Yeah, exactly. And, again, like we spoke about it at the top of the show and, the controversy around these two teams, but if if you do look at the players that have come through these systems and and, and the success that they've gone on to have, it's hard to look at it and say that it's not working, really, because it is. Again, very similar to the Jets, where I think it's a patience thing in terms of how they develop and their placings in this competition and how they toss up against the other NPL sides, but. Yeah, a, a lot of great talent coming through. Now we mentioned Maddie the um, some of the talent that has come through in the past. Uh, over this last season, we saw the likes of Sarah Hunter get her debut for the Western Sydney Wanderers. Charlie Rule playing for Sydney FC. Briley Henry playing for the Western Sydney Wanderers. We can reveal that um, the Northern Tigers have picked up uh, Aiden Keane, who has come across from the Football New South Wales Institute. A very good pickup for your squad. Yeah, no, we have picked up a few new players, including um, Aiden, which is which is really good. They add a, a bit more depth for the squad, which is. Never a bad thing, but yeah, Institute are quite consistent. Um, they always hold their own, so yeah, I think they'll be up there again this year as they generally tend to be. One one player I will point out, Zoe, and I'm very curious to see how she goes, is Olivia Delahap. I believe the younger sister of Deborah Ann Delahap. Yeah, and... I, I'm really excited to see them play against each other. Really, you know, that'll be that'll be a nice little family rivalry. This is a, um, I think this is a fascinating team. I think they're battling for the top four and we've already starting to see the emergence of, of once again what's going to be a very congested midfield. And so two questions I've got for you is, for both of you girls is obviously a prediction and then secondly, what will it take for one of these teams battling to make the top four to make that step into the top four? Starting with the, the latter, um, consistency <laughs> and probably goal difference unfortunately uh, I think you know when your midfield gets 
very congested on the table, sometimes it does come down to to the little things like your goal difference. So making sure you're scoring goals, making sure you're you're keeping teams down on their goals, um, and really giving teams a good run for their money. Um, and as Maddie said, Institute is a is a good team in, in doing that. Unlike Maddie, unlike say we're talking about the Blacktown Spartans, who have known to be a very physical team. The thing I've noticed whenever I've watched the Football New South Wales Institute play is the brute speed of some of their players. Yeah, they are speedy. Um, kind of make you feel old sometimes because, you know, they're training like a billion times a week. But, yeah, they're just super skillful and speedy and they're just very cohesive in the way they play because they obviously train together all the time. So, yeah, they have quite a nice style of play. It's one that that does show uh, give a lot of excitement for the competition, and you know you never know you might end up all the clubs might end up picking up one of their players. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get right into the meat of the preview for NPL Women's New South Wales. You are listening to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H one hundred point one FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au, and it's streaming live on the web at. Um, podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube, Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. Anthony Caruso with Zoe Benjamin and our special guest, Matty Bart from the Northern Tigers. And we're going to continue our preview of NPL New South Wales Women's for 2021. And we come to the first of the powerhouse clubs of the competition, Zoe, it is the Illawarra Stingrays. Yeah, absolutely. Um, always up there competing as usual. Yeah, had a bit of a rough season last last year. So I'll be interested to see how they try and turn things around this year. Maddie, a couple of years ago, they came very close to winning the competition. Um, and I think at one stage were lead, led the competition for half the season before they dropped away in the finals. Last year, they finished ninth. Um, which is a disappointing season by their standards, but it has to be said that one win would have thrown them as another team into that midfield um, logjam. Yeah, I think last year was um, crazy how it ended. I think they were probably a bit unlucky um, and probably are a much better team than they finished on the ladder. Um, but yeah, they're another one that you never take lightly. Zoe, they've certainly got some talent in this team with Margot Chavol, Chloe Middleton, Danica Matos and Olivia Price all playing for the Western Sydney Wanderers and you should never rule out the class of Michelle Carney. Absolutely not. I mean, I used the word X-Factor before for, for some of the girls coming through. Um, but, yeah, you look at that this this squad and, and that's the first word that comes to mind, right, X-Factor. Um, they've got a lot of girls with, you know, a lot of individual talent and skill um, who come together nicely um, in this side and, and yeah, their their teamwork together is is really what shines through when they're playing well. Now, Maddie, we, we spoke about the trip up the M1 to go to uh, Lake Macquarie when playing against the, the Emerging Jets. What about going in the other direction when you've got to go to, to JJ Kelly down in the heart of the Illawarra to play against the Stingrays. Yeah, it's always a hard one, especially on grass when, um, you know, we probably we actually 
train on synthetic all the time. So we only end up playing on grass like a couple of times a year. Kind of adds to it. But yeah, it's always a hard trip down there. They always put up a good fight. So it's one of those ones that you always have to really kind of turn up for. You wouldn't mind the odd game like they've done in the past, getting transferred to Wynn Stadium as well, wouldn't you? No, that would be a really good experience. I've never... Oh, actually, I did play there once a few years ago, but, yeah, it, it definitely adds to the experience. Where do we think um, Illawarra are going to be? Do we think there's going to be an improvement to closer to that mid-pack? I tend to think so. So what do you think, buddy? Yeah, I think they're definitely a better team than ninth, so I think they'll definitely go up this year for sure. Let's let's go to a team that um, I think is going to be one of the more curious cases to talk about, especially given, I guess, what some would say would be the um, almost a fall from grace from where they were at one stage. It is the MacArthur Rams. Uh, once competition heavyweights, Zoe, um, they have been punished, I think, in particular for their lack of progression of players, given, especially when uh, a few years ago they won the competition um in the first grade competition, their reserve grade team came second last, and that was a trend that continued for about three or four years. Yeah, unfortunately for them, they had a, a, a big stream of players that they lost as well um, that we talked about o- over the last couple of years um, that left a hole because they didn't have too many of those developing players coming through uh, to, to step into those shoes. And mind you, you know, some of those names, you know, quite big shoes to fill. But, yeah, I think it's definitely something as a club they probably need to, to look at a little bit more, just their development pathways and their recruiting. Yeah, I think they'd be easily disappointed with, with the season. Now, we come across um, we come across a couple of big names here, Maddie, and the first name that obviously comes up is the, the loss of their star player, Georgia Yeomandale, who went across to Apia. Uh, left a massive hole. They've retained the services of Lena Kamas. This year, they, uh, well, last year they picked up Patricia Shara Lambos, uh, following her stint with the Perth Glory. But you just feel like there's still something missing with the Rams. Um, yeah, like they have some really, well, plenty of really good players, um, and a lot of talent. So I think if they're up for it, they can beat anyone. But yeah, last night clicked for them. It really didn't click for them. I mean, Zoe, they shipped 40 goals last year, and that's unheard of for the Rams. Yeah, as I said, I think they would have been really disappointed. Um, and it, it seemed like it, it was an issue they were having that, yeah, like Maddie said, they just couldn't quite solve it. So hopefully, you know, the off-season and their pre-season has given them some time to kind of address the issues that they had last season and, and hopefully they you know can build build from that and it's all up from here yeah the well here's my issue with them I, unless the, they improve the squad dramatically i i think it's hard to see how macarthur comes back to being competitive this year and i think the the lack of player progression i, I think could be a, a problem for them a major problem for them in a couple of years time you know, even with the instigation of the MacArthur FC, you, you'd think that there'd be some sort of alignment there, and it's disappointing to see that it hasn't occurred. 
Oh, I think it's definitely something they're working towards. On it. I think it's a discussion that they're probably having continuously. I think they're very aware that it's something that they've got to address. But in terms of this season, I think all they can focus on is, like I said, just making sure they've addressed some of the issues they were having on field and, and building from that, um, especially in terms of, you know, their team cohesion. I think they're, they're a team that have enough talent that if they rock up and they're, they're there to play, and and work hard for it that they can be competitive. Maddie, is this a team that you think over your time playing NPL New South Wales has the dynamic has changed throughout um, the young years? Maybe. Like I remember when I first came up they were like the team to beat. I think they're in finals every year. And I think they missed out the last couple of years. But so yes, I suppose it has changed a little bit in that regard. But um looking at the names on that list, they're never a team I would count out because they could easily come out of the woodwork and get the job done for sure. There's plenty yeah, of talent in there still. There's plenty of talent, but the only thing I would say with it as well is that's that that's a team where the, the players that I've mentioned there, Laura Murtar, Crystal Duggan, Renee Rollison, Alana Nichols, like these are girls that have been um, there for, for years upon end and you just wonder how much longer they've got left as as a as a cohesive unit. Yeah, so yeah, I suppose you're right that um yeah, they probably need to bring a few more players through their reserve grade. Hopefully they've got a few more up and comers lined up. Well, let's go from the MacArthur Rams to the defending champions, Manly United and Zoe, when you take a first look at this lineup here, this is straight out scary. <laughs> yeah, it's an intimidating team on paper, that's for sure. They back it up with their performances on the field, which is what's so important and so, I guess, crucial for them is, yeah, they've got the talent, but they, yeah, also string together the wins. Um, and it, yeah, it's a scary team to look at. There's a lot of talent in this side. Absolutely. I mean, you start off with the fact that they've got six players currently in the setup with the Jets, including their captain, Chloe O'Brien, who Maddie was going to join us, but unfortunately got caught up in the recent Brisbane COVID um, cluster. I know. Hopefully, um, hopefully she doesn't have to spend too long in lockdown. Um, but yeah, I just actually was reading through this paper you sent through and was laughing because it's not sure if Manly or Newcastle. But, um, yeah, that'll be very strong for sure. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of, um, a couple of, um, squad changes for this year, Zoe, and a couple of ones you might be very interested in. Um, first off, they have picked on, picked up Caitlin Jarvis, uh, Caitlin Jarvis from, uh, who has played for the Western Sydney Wanderers. A good pick up there. But obviously the announcement that they have lost Claudia Shalakian, who's followed her, her brother Brendan, and the announcement that Gemma Woolley um, has left the team to pursue her degree, her career in medicine. Yeah, I think good honour for 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 doing so because I think obviously, you know, it's prioritising your studies over over your soccer. It, it it's not a decision that would be taken lightly. You know, your sport is is very important, and we've seen it. Many many players decide to go the other way. I, I use a cricket example in. Um, you know, Alex Blackwell, who decided to put some of her studies slightly on hold to focus on the cricket and and look where that got her, and now she's been able to return to the studies. So, yeah, I applaud her on on 
making that decision if that's what she's decided is best for her and I wish her best of luck. Hopefully we see her come back into into the competition as well when when the time is right for her. The um the pickup as well, Maddie, of, of Caitlin, she's a very classy and very good technical player and I think she might be a very good coverage for the loss of Claudia Shalakian. Yeah, um well it's kind of just another um string in their boat is that one. They've got plenty to choose from, so I feel sorry for the coaches trying to narrow that down to 11 each week. Um, But, yeah, I actually saw Claudia on the weekend, um, and, yeah, she seemed happy with her move over to Olympics. So, um, yeah, all the best to her. But the big talking point of this team, um, Zoe, is the attack, and it's a very potent attack, headed up by Remy Simpson, Sonny Franco, and Carly Johnson. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what sort of poise their opposition take to, to shutting that attack down as well because, yeah, your biggest thing is you've got threats all over the park, really. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what what teams uh, are effective in, in shutting those players down. I think Manly United, and I should declare an interest that I do work for them these days, I think they do go in as competition favourites. Yes, some might say I'm backing the girls in, but I genuinely think with this amount of talent in there, they will go in as favourites. I mean, it's it's hard to argue, <laughs> especially when you look at look at it on paper. But we we also know that you know, paper is paper. It, it, it highly depends on on you know who who's the best on the day, and I think there are plenty of teams that can give this side a run for their money, so they'll have their work cut out. But I think it, it'd be definitely hard to argue that they're not favourites. Well, we're going to come to one of the teams that I think will give them a run for their money. Matty, you know, there's this rivalry that's built up over the last couple of years between Manly United and the Northern Tigers. I mean, now, you know, affectionately known as the Battle of the Roseville Bridge. Um, you know, how much do you get fired up for this, this matchup in particular? Um, yeah, it is a nice little rivalry that's kind of built up. Um, they're always a strong side, and looking at this piece of paper now, they're very, very strong this year. Um, but, yeah, it's always a good game, and it has kind of built up into something, which is nice. I think everyone's always up for it, so it's a good battle. Has, like, friendly rivalry, do you think, or has there been a little bit of niggle from time to time? Um, oh, no, I think it's a pretty friend- friendly rivalry. I don't think there's ever any bad blood in it, um, but I think everyone just wants the three points, so everyone's going for it. Let's go to the, let's go to your team, Maddie. Uh, the Northern Tigers, and uh, obviously uh, some very big pickups for yourselves this year. Just going through them very quickly, you've got Brianna Edwards um, and Aideen Keynes, who mentioned both from the Football New South Wales, along with Isabel Gomez joining along, um, and I believe you've also picked up Emma Bates from the Emerging Jets, Shabon Edwards from the, and Ariella Cabezas from the Northwest Sydney Koalas. So you've gone heavy on the recruitment, but you've retained a lot of your talent in this team and the depth in this squad is very dangerous. Yeah, we have recruited a lot of new players this year. We also picked up, um, Shadeen Evans just this week as well. Um, so we've got plenty of new players joining the ranks, um, and have, as you said, retained Almost most people as well, so um, plenty for Jason to choose from. 
The only downside, um, Zoe, is that I believe that they have already announced that they have lost Ellie Brush for the season. Um, I think she picked up an ACL injury during the W League campaign. Yes. Yeah, that was a huge shame. Yeah, it was. Sorry. No, 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 you're fine. I mean, I think we've, we're, we're basically saying the same thing. It's just so unfortunate, um, especially because she was in quite good form as well for, for Sunia C. Um, and I think, yeah, she would have been a, a pretty important player for you guys, if I'm not if I'm not wrong, Maddie. Yeah, I was devastated for Brushy because she's a great player, but um, also a great person. And she was sort of on the cusp of some quite exciting things, I think, with her soccer. So, um, yeah, really disappointing for her, but a big loss for us as well. Daisy Arrowsmith. Let's mention her a little bit because she has really been a linchpin for your squad over the last couple of years and what a class player she is. Yes, um, for sure. She, yeah, Daisy is just the best, um, on and off the field. Um, she, I think she's either won or gotten very close to winning the Golden Boot the last few years. Great finisher and she's, yeah, just a really positive person to have around the club as well. So, yeah, she's definitely critical for us. Now, we're going to open up the opportunity for you here, Maddie. Um, as Zoe will attest to, here on Splinters and Triple H Sports in general, we love nothing more than seeing players getting thrown under the bus. <laughs> so, <laughs> we want to hear from your side, who are the players who you think are the biggest pests in this squad and why? I got asked this on the weekend and I was told that I should have answered myself. Um so I'll say myself, um, but then also Hannah McNulty. She's just up to no good all the time. Got any, uh, any stories? Oh, she just generally talks a lot of rubbish. Um, it was raining last week, actually, so I will say myself. When it was raining really heavily, we turned up in goggles and swimming caps to training last week. Just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> She's always in charge of. Oh, I, could, I could just, I could just see it now. So you them turning up in wetsuits as well, and just um, sliding across North Taramara. Oh look, I, I don't think it was a bad option. I mean, how much rain did we have? I think it was, you know, a very appropriate sense of humour. Get some, get some detergent on the on the surface. You've got an instant slip and slide. Pretty much. I, I mean, I don't know that ground staff will appreciate that too much, but you know. What, what can they say when it's already been done? Should have well, done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing them a favour. You're cleaning the surface anyway. <laughs> exactly. Uh, on, a, on a more serious note, I, look, I am calling Northern Tigers. They'll be competitive for the finals again this year. They're going to be there or thereabouts in the, in the final series, and you can see them certainly giving some of the other big names a, sh- a decent shout, Zoe. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not just saying that because Maddie's here. I, I do genuinely believe that. Guys, I'm blushing. <laughs> back in, you're back in the girls' in, aren't you, Maddie? Of course I am. Back in. It'd be rude not to. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Northwest Sydney Koalas is the next team up. And, you know, for a number of years, competition heavyweights. Um, but a number of changes occurring off, on and off the field, Zoe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want to run us through those? I feel like I've, I've got, run us through lots tonight. 
I can run them through them very quickly. So off the field, of course, the announcement that they have merged with Glazeville Hornsby Spirit, uh, and that both teams are now running under the Northwest Sydney banner, which honestly I think makes sense given that both clubs are now playing out of Christie Park. Yeah, I think, I, again, I, I think what you just said is exactly the point, right? It's, um, it seems like common sense. It's a bit, bit more sensible to, to do it that way. Um, but yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how that, that influences, um, the way they go about their business. Um, hopefully it doesn't cause any disruptions on the field and I can't, can't imagine that it would too much. But yeah, as long as the girls can get out there and, and focus on the task at hand, it's all yeah. what. The other one, of course, is on the field. Uh, they they had a, a, a mass exodus a couple of years ago, and it was highlighted with the loss of their two star players, Maddie, in Princess Abini and Emma Stanbury. Yeah, I think they did um, lose a few players, but then they um, they definitely have got some plenty of strong ones in there too. They picked up Rach Suda this year, which is a um, good addition for them. So yeah, I think they've still got plenty of strength in there. I think they'll improve this year on last year. They also, uh, a couple of years ago, picked up Sophie Harding, who was originally from the Manly United setup, but she left to get more first grade game time. And, um, Zoe, it's paid dividends because she's now also part of the Newcastle Jets setup, along with, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is this the Alicia Bates in their, in their lineup? Uh, as in from NDs? Yes. <laughs> I've, I've got to be honest, I, I've, I don't believe I've ever refereed her, so I can't say that I, can know for sure, but my instinct tells me no. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if it was. Yeah, um, I, I didn't. I haven't heard anything of her soccer career as such, so I can't imagine that it is. Um, but apologies to her if we've got it wrong. But Sophie Harding, I mean, what a, what a move that is. I mean, that's a big gamble to leave your home club, go somewhere foreign, and then it it pays dividend. I think it's just confident in her own ability um, more than anything and you know what again it's it's one of those things that you got to turn around and be like you know you, you got to applaud it's it's good on her for, for taking that leap of faith and um, putting in the hard yards to at, at that new club to to earn her stripes there and and prove such a threat for this this team now as well they they were very unlucky to miss out on the finals last year they're part of that mid-table log jam um zoe i see them there or thereabouts and maybe is it just a little bit of luck that gets them into the finals yeah i mean i feel like we're saying that for a few sides but i guess that kind of reflects the table of last last season as we talked about with you know that really congested um middle of the table so yeah, I, I tend to agree, um, and I think I go back to what I said about the little things in in your goal difference as well could could end up being the difference. Unfortunately, Marty Bart, your thoughts on the koalas and your prediction? Um, yeah, I think they will improve on last year, and not to repeat it again, but there or thereabouts, I think as well for them. I think it's going to be super super tight between like third and eighth. So yeah, I think it'll be a race. Absolutely, and this is this is I guess what makes this competition this particular competition so exciting. Unlike the men's competition, where you can clearly see a top five in this, you've maybe got two teams that will probably dominate the competition, but then the rest of the pack is just an absolute free for all. Let's go to one of those um, heavyweight teams now, one that came into the competition a couple of years ago, earning their promotion, 
And boy, haven't they recruited well, Zoe. It is Sydney Olympic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, another another team where you look at them on, on paper and you, you just, I guess, impress, <laughs> really. They, they've they got a lot of strike power across the board, uh, once again. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're recruiting. They, they know how to do it, that's for sure. Going through some of the names that they've um, they've got, including Teresa Polias, Jada Wyman, Courtney Vine, Charlotte McLean, all part of the Sydney FC squad. And, you know, Maddie, when you've got that sort of cohesion between a W League and an NPL team, that that can only spell comp- um, trouble for the rest of the competition. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably definitely advantage an advantage for them if they've um, you know built that kind of chemistry in the W League that they can carry into the NPL as well. And yeah, it looks like a super strong lineup. So yeah, I think they'll definitely be a front runner as well. Zoe, one big transfer news for Sydney Olympic: they they have lost Susan Fong Song Kam. Uh, she's not with them this year. They did pick up, as we mentioned, Claudia Shalakian from Manly United. Um, do you think that's a like-for-like, like, or do you think that's a change in position for the, for this squad? Look, again, I think similar to what we were talking about with with Manly, where they've just got – they just look like they've got enough depth that you'd like to think it, it wouldn't impact their squad too, too much. I'm sure, you know, given, given their preseason that – They'd be, you know, feeling fine about about those changes, um, and I think if you ask them, they'd say it's like for like. So, yeah, I don't think that that will concern them too much. Maddie, you've played against Susan. Um, she is a dynamic player, and I think at one stage topped the goal scoring charts with her time at Football New South Wales. Uh, how much of a loss would she be up front for Olympic? Yeah, I think a big loss. I think it was her and Daisy kind of going head-to-head for Golden Boot for several years in a row. But, yeah, I mean, obviously you have to score goals to win. Yeah, she will be a big loss for them. I've got them as title contenders this year. Um, Zoe and Maddie, your thoughts? Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah. going to agree with it. Yeah. Yeah, same. Last team we've got in the lineup in alphabetical order, it is Sydney University, perennial heavyweight Zoe, um, Last year they won the league by four points and fell at the final um, hand, the final hurdle. Uh, like Sydney Elite Olympic stacks full of stars, uh, the likes of Bianca Gallic, Claire Wheeler, Rachel Lowe in particular. Uh, this is a team that always manages to um, give opportunities for players. And given your role with University Women's Cricket Club, you would have a pretty close association with Sydney University. Yeah, you'd like to think so, but you know, don't don't forget that. Um, our university side is also with UNSW, so our our involvement is is with both clubs, meaning that we do share the love a little bit. So probably not as much as you would think, but yeah, I mean, again, I f- I feel like it's convo on repeat because it's it's the same thing where they've got a lot of talent in this side, and they're always a really really competitive side. Um, they're their team cohesion as well is, you know, fantastic. One of the one of the fascinating ones from this, Maddie, is the not only the connection that they've got with the A League clubs in Sydney, but the fact they've got Claire Hunt, Bianca Gallic, and Emma Ilajoski playing for Canberra United. Um, that's that's a big commitment to make to go from Canberra back to Sydney University to play. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it's kind of similar to Olympic in that they get that advantage of building, you know, a strong playing connection at Canberra that they can carry into NPL. 
But yeah, I think they've kind of been the benchmark of the competition for a long time. So it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it going again this year. Are they the third title contender for this competition, Maddie? Well, they always seem to be right up there. So um, I don't see why not. Zoe? Yep, agreed. Again. <laughs> surprise, Quick surprise. Quick mention of the MPL2 competition for this upcoming season. Uh, the teams have not been finalised yet. The draw has not yet come out. But the following teams, did we did have a number of teams competing last year. We expect them to be um, turning out again. But of particular note, Zoe, and a quick question from yourself and then Maddie before we close the show out. Um, the North Shore Mariners now... As we know, they've been renamed as Northbridge Bulls. Sutherland Shire, who were in the competition a couple of years ago, and a couple of the big names uh, that are playing in this competition with the likes of Marconi and the Central Coast Mariners. From this lineup, who do you think, Zoe, will get promotion to NPL2? Look, being a, being a Shire girl myself, um, I suppose I have, have the same bias that you do with Manly, where I, I'd like to back the girls in, in getting back to the NPL. Uh, MPL one competition, uh, but again, that that is a little bit of a bias, so I might just leave that there. And another call for you. It's a really I, good question, actually. I wish I had have given it a little bit more thought beforehand, to be honest. Well, to be, to be fair, tossing, tossing and turning, really. Yeah, well, to be fair though, you are onto one of them, I believe, anyway, with Sutherland Shire winning MPL two last year. So yes. you'd think <laughs> that they would do, back it up for this year again. Yeah, I mean, I I, I tend to think so. Um, they've they've got a good good pack of girls, and their their reserve grade team as well is is very strong, which I think helps them in terms of developing and and making a push again for that that title. But yeah, in terms of a second team going up, yeah, I'm a I'm a little bit yeah. It's going to be. A- Yeah, fair enough. Maddie, your thoughts? Um, Well, I'll share some bias as well, and I will say the North Shore Mariners because I played (laughs) there for several years and, yeah, left on good terms, so I wish them all the best, but I think they will be really, really strong. They've picked up lots of good players, so I'm expecting them to be joining us in MPL in 2022 for sure. So we could be seeing – so there's the call, ladies and gentlemen. could be seeing maybe the North Shore Mariners and – well, now the Northbridge Bulls and the Sutherland Shire FC uh, coming back into the competition. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, the competition is back on this week. Uh, all matches are on Sunday at 3 p.m. We've got Manly United versus Bankstown City Lions at Coma Park. The Illawarra Stingways versus the Emerging Jets at JJ Kelly. Blacktown Spartans versus the Sydney University at Blacktown Football Park. The Northwest Sydney Koalas against the MacArthur Rams at Christie Park. Apia Leichhardt up against Matty Bart and the Northern Tigers at Lambert Park. Uh, always a lovely experience going out to Lambert um, Park. You'd agree there, Matty? Yeah, it should be should be good. I haven't played there before because our game against them last year was at home, so that'll be a good one. And finally, the Football New South Wales Institute will be hosting... Well, actually, they'll be playing Sydney Olympic at Sydney Olympic's home ground at Peter Moore Field. Uh, but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is full time here on Splinters. I want to thank our special guests. First off, Matty Bart from the Northern Tigers. We wish you all the very best of luck for the season ahead, and we look forward to calling your games throughout the season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Zoe, a pleasure as always, and uh, best of luck on Sunday out at um, beautiful Cromer Park. <laughs> thank you very much. I'll uh, enjoy the drive as well. 
Absolutely. This has been Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. On behalf of Matty Bart and Zoe Benjamin, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. Good night.